Daisy Ridley's post-Star Wars career is starting to take shape. And I'll tell you why you should be excited about that. Also, Eric Metaxas is defending the evangelical support for President Donald Trump. I'll tell you what he said and showcase a few of the rebuttals that he's received on his argument. And uh, we take a look at a new study that shows an interesting religious divide for complicated questions of medical ethics. That's all ahead. This is Relevant Daily. It's Relevant Daily. Relevant Daily. It's Relevant Daily. Hey everyone, I'm Tyler Huckabee. Welcome to The Relevant Daily, where I bring you what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture. All those stories are coming up, but first, Jesse Carey is going to tell you why you should be listening to our church leadership podcast called... Each week on Called, leaders, pastors, writers, innovators, and activists like John Eldridge, Julia Veach, Rob Hoskins, Eugene Cho, Rebecca Lyons, N.T. Wright, Darius Daniels, Kim Walker-Smith, Boz Dravidian, and a ton of others join us to discuss ways that pastors and leaders can make more of an impact in their congregations and their communities. Not only will you hear about important issues that church leaders deal with every week, like worship and outreach, but also ways that pastors themselves can be more equipped in their personal lives, like talking to John Mark Comer about mental health and soul care, or finding out ways that pastors can better protect their marriages. If you're a ministry or know someone who is, make sure to check out our church leadership podcast, Call. All right, here's today's stories. First up, Daisy Ridley has one of the more enviable careers in Hollywood. She graduated from a handful of bit roles in British television to become the lead of the most bankable franchise in film history. Uh, It's easy to see why Star Wars producers were so keen on her. She's very talented. And now that her time in that galaxy is up, Ridley is moving on to her post-Ray career, and she's lined up her first project. The script for The Ice Beneath Her has apparently been the subject of a fierce bidding war in Hollywood for the last few months, with multiple studios vying for the psychological crime thriller. The movie is based on Swedish novelist Camilla Grabe's 2015 bestseller and is in the Gone Girl vein. It'll be directed by a director trio known as Radio Silence. They handled 2019's Uh, Very good, very delicious, subversive slice of social commentary, ready or not. Ridley is set to star as a psychological profiler who gets wrapped up in the case of a young woman's murder. Post-Star Wars careers are historically interesting. Harrison Ford went on to become one of the most iconic actors of his generation. Mark Hamill opted for a more offbeat career. He voiced the Joker in WB's Batman the Animated Series. And Carrie Fisher became a renowned script doctor. The early aughts prequels elevated Ewan McGregor and Natalie Portman's careers and helped Liam Neeson pivot to Taken-type action movies. But they also squashed Jake Lloyd and Hayden Christensen's Hollywood dreams. The current batch of Star Wars leads are set up pretty nicely for their own future. Oscar Isaac is already beloved far beyond the franchise that made him an A-lister, and John Boyega is starring in an upcoming heist flick alongside Olivia Cook. With Ridley set for her own anticipated project, it's a safe bet you'll be hearing about her for a long time to come. Very much looking forward to seeing what she does with her career. In other news, Last week, author, speaker, and radio host Eric Metaxas digitally sat down with The Dispatch senior editor David French to discuss and debate the evangelical case for President Donald Trump. French has been a conservative never-Trumper from the beginning, while Metaxas has been very supportive of the Trump administration. 
That debate was part of the socially distanced Q2020 virtual summit. Unsurprisingly, this debate had some heated moments. Eric Metaxas raised eyebrows when he let an F-word slip. That was probably a first at the Q conference. Uh, but one part that has attracted a lot of attention since its transcription by John Fee is Metaxas's explanation for why he continues to support Trump after the infamous Access Hollywood tape dropped in 2016. That was the recording in which Trump was heard boasting of sexually assaulting women, saying that, quote, when you're a star, they let you do it. Metaxas's reasoning appears to be twofold. First, he says that he found the viciousness of the opposition to Trump actually drove him deeper into his support of the then long-shot nominee. Secondly, he felt the opposition was hypocritical because, in his view, everyone has said things like that. I'm going to read his whole quote here. It's a little bit long, but I think it's important to give him full context. Eric Metaxas said, quote, I also think that the viciousness of the left toward him pushed me toward him. I have never in my life seen anything. When you take a hot mic moment from 15 years ago and you keep it, you're a network supposedly, you're a news network, and you keep it until the last second in October and you air it as though he just said it. I think who among us has not said horrifying things? That if they were suddenly presented as though that's our point of view, when it was something we never meant for anybody to hear, except who we were with him even then maybe we regretted it so that level of viciousness blew my mind and made me think perhaps i am missing something here and perhaps god chose trump to shame the church it's the end of the quote French explained his own anti-Trump position by referring to his opposition to President Bill Clinton's behavior in the 90s and his dismay at the backtracking from many Christians who testified to the importance of character then. He noted the Southern Baptist Convention's condemnation of Clinton's extramarital affair with Monica Lewinsky, and uh, he referenced a statement the SBC put out that said, quote, tolerance of serious wrong by leaders sears the conscience of the culture, spawns unrestrained immorality, and also surely results in God's judgment. French said, quote, Evangelicals quickly went from the group of people most likely to say that character mattered in 2016 to the group that least likely that character mattered. Now, did the truth, the theological truths articulated in the Southern Baptist Convention statement change? No, they did not. What changed was the partisan imperative. What changed was the atmosphere of fear. The conversation around evangelicals and Trump was recently reignited by prominent SBC leader Al Mohler, who reversed his anti-Trump position from 2016 and now says he plans to vote for Trump in November. The whole conversation is transcribed, and you can find a link to that transcription over at relevantmagazine.com. It's worth a read, whatever your political persuasion. Finally, as the COVID-19 pandemic continues to surge, medical supplies are coming up a little short, forcing hospital workers to make split-second moral decisions about life and death. For example, which patient should get a ventilator if there's a shortage? Should the ventilator go to the patient with the highest chance of recovery, even if that means someone in more critical need might be denied potentially life-saving care? Or is it the patient who needs it most at the time, even if other patients might stand a better chance of recovering if they had a ventilator? Many doctors, nurses, physician assistants, and other healthcare workers have had to make such calls in recent weeks. Pew asked Americans how they felt about the question and found a surprise. Respondents were largely divided along religious lines. 
In short, and I am simplifying here, people with no religious affiliation were more likely to say the ventilator should go to the person with the highest chance of recovery. Meanwhile, religious people were more likely to say it should go to whoever needs it most of the time, regardless of their chance of recovering. According to Pew, uh, that latter stance is more generally in line with medical guidelines. Healthcare professionals tend to take a utilitarian approach, prioritizing the best overall outcomes for the most number of people. But religious people tend to take a more immediate approach, preferring to give ventilators to the person most in need at the moment, regardless of their age or health status. This non-discriminatory practice of ethics might lead to more overall deaths, but it ensures an egalitarian method of helping people on an individual level. Pew speculates that the disparity may have to do with the way personal moralities are formed. Religious people have a shared morality that governs their collective actions, while non-religious people tend to form utilitarian moral codes through their own life experiences. It's important to note that religious and non-religious respondents were by no means evenly split here. Plenty of people of all religious persuasions answered a variety of ways, but the trend does seem to suggest a slightly different moral code between the two categories, even for a question as complicated as this one. And you can read the whole breakdown over at relevantmagazine.com and see some graphics there to illustrate it a little bit better. Thanks everyone for listening. You can read more about all these stories and everything else we're covering today. Check out the homepage at relevantmagazine.com. Also for the latest, make sure to follow Relevant on social media. We're on Twitter at Relevant, on Facebook and Instagram at Relevant Magazine. And you can subscribe to all our other podcasts there as well. We are here every week day bringing you the latest at the intersection of faith and culture. Thanks for listening, everyone. This is Relevant Daily.